Hello and welcome to Miss Next Game. Uh, this is our new Blood Bowl podcast with me, Scouse Boy, and... I am Picnic Mick. Today we're going to be discussing a number of things. First thing, we're going to have the Orc talk, where we talk through the Orc roster for both league and tournament play. Then we're going to move on to Mick's Hobby Masterclass. After that, we're going to talk about our recent performance at the UKTC tournament, which happened last weekend, as this time of recording. Wonderful weekend in York. And we're going to round off with a thrilling edition of the hottest new game show in town, Naff Name or Nonsense. All the cool kids are going to be doing it this summer. <laughs> so thank you very much for joining us, and, well, welcome to Miss Next Game. First edition, we've got a number of topics that we want to discuss. First one we're going to discuss is Orcs. We're going to do a team spotlight on the, the team of the moment, the most popular team that turned up to the UKTC recently. And that is the, the big green buggers themselves, the Orcs. And I'm simultaneously the best and worst person to talk to about this because <laughs> I took Orcs and I lost every time to Orcs. So I've got some important stuff to tell you. <laughs> well, the mirror match will be important these days just because if everyone's taking them, you're bound to see them somewhere. Okay, so there'll be the Orc talk. Uh, after that, we're going to move on to Mick's Hobby Masterclass. Mick is a fantastic commission painter. Um, he's done some great, great teams for myself and other members of our local league. Um, and he's got some great, great tips and tricks for your hobbying um, going forward. Mick, what can they look forward to? I've just got a really simple trick for you tonight. It takes very little equipment, gets a, a lovely effect and takes uh, very little time and skill. Stay tuned. Fantastic. I think, uh, yeah, very little skill is the, is the key word for me there because... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, my uh, my hobby hobby skills are, are are not very 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 good at all. Oh, behave yourself! It looks <laughs> lovely, your stuff. Thank you very much. But there's a reason why I come to you with my with my grey plastic <laughs> in hand. Mate. It's very much appreciated. Uh, after that, we're going to talk more uh, about the UKTC um, and our recent performance. We were in a team called the Wibble Spacemen with another two coaches, which were Spleggy and uh, Ed, Ed with one Ed. Uh, Ed with one D, I think it was. I thought it was Ed with one head. Ed with one head, please get in touch. Tell us, <laughs> tell us what you prefer to be called. Um, we had a, a mixed bag of results. Uh, we never shone brightly on the top tables, but we never stayed too long in the admittedly quite nicer. It was a nice room, yeah. wasn't it? It was. The second room was, was, yeah. was much nicer than the first. Um, but we, uh, we, we bounced around. We played some good coaches. We had fun. Uh, we got some wins. We got some losses. And we're going to take you through the highs and lows of that. And finally, to wrap up the podcast, we're going to have a quick game of Naff Name or Nonsense, the rules of which I shall be expanding upon later in the podcast. And you, listener, could be the star. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. So anyway, fantastic. That's that. Um, you don't need to know anything more about us. We are bog-standard Blood Bowl players, really. You are significantly less bog-standard than I am. You are. <laughs> Craig goes out and wins things and has shiny things. I turn up and be sad for a little bit when, when everything goes wrong. But actually, really, really enjoy it in the end. Who cares about winning in this game? Exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, without any further ado, let's talk about Orcs. So, the first thing we're going to discuss is uh, the Orcs. Not your Black Orcs, which are the... They're, they're the new ones. Yeah, the they're new the kids ones on the with the, the, the bruises and the mm. uh, the grab and all of that kind of thing. We'll save that for another time. Yes. We're not talking about those guys tonight. They're dead to us right now. Yes, we're talking about the Orcs of the Sea, the original and the baddest of the green. I think the original and the best. <laughs> they're superb. There's a reason why they've lasted this long as a mainstay of the game. Well, this is true. I mean, they were, they've were they been in the pantheon of, of this game 
as the starter teams yeah. for a very, very long time. Auckland Raiders, gouged eye, all of that good stuff. You know, if uh, if if you're people of our kind of age, seeing those uh, those names in the end zones and the old polystyrene pitch <laughs> warms the cockles of your heart. There's a particular reason why they are so popular right now, and uh, I think in the in the new version of the game in the 2020 where passing is rather less less successful having a really good strong running game and ability to give and take bash is mm. is absolutely at a premium and orcs are just so good at all of those kinds of things have you seen much of a difference in how how well they've been doing between the two different uh, rule sets since uh, since well, 2020 it's odd obviously because in 2020 there were a few changes to the orc roster the classic orc roster if you like that from 2016 mm-hmm. and pre that from living rule book days and, mm-hmm. and even before in the the as we know the 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 biggins, they got an extra point of movement, hmm. and every single orc got animosity against other types of orcs. Oh, yes, which on, on the face of it, you're thinking that's not a particularly good exchange, especially if your if your thrower is animosity against every single other person on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, that that doesn't sound like it's a good deal for 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 the the new orc player coming in, mm-hmm. and maybe that's why they moved them out of the the, the starter box. Because they were originally in the starter box for, for as far as I can remember. Mm, absolutely. Uh, but this time they decided on the new teams for the 2020 edition. Now, my opinion is that the um, the extra movement is an absolute godsend for the biggins. It, it's just what they needed. It sends them strongly towards the sort of lizard men. Strength with movement, which is really, really key. And the animosity in general is something that is very, very rarely popping up. Absolutely, in any, in any games that we see. Well, uh, if you're big and can go, can go for longer and harder ev- all the time, every time, that's got to be a bonus. Everybody loves that. That is <laughs> that is very true. Yeah, the, the, the longer and harder your big and can go, the, the the happier everyone will be. Absolutely, absolutely. For league play with the Orcs, the good thing with them is that they come straight out of the gates with some decent skills. Yeah. Um, you've got your short hands on your thrower if you want to take that. Amazing. You've got your four block guys um, with your blitzers. Anyone taking less than four blitzers is doing orcs wrong. Absolutely. Um, and you can quite easily expand them into Swiss Army knife pieces because they've got strength access, they've got general access, they've got all the decent skills that you'd want for a bash team. So because you start with such a strong roster, you can cope with a lot of the things that the game throws at you early on, but quickly develop into absolutely. Into and a and I'd say, especially if you are a fairly new or beginner coach, they're very, very forgiving team. Yes, they're not too slow. If you get if you get outmaneuvered, your blitzers can uh, can start getting back in the right places. Yeah. If you expose yourself to uh, some blocks in the wrong place, to uh, even even some pieces with Mighty Blur, you can kind of get away with it most of the time. You can. And if you have a terrible first half, you're not there sat with seven guys for the second half. Mm. Which, you know, if, if you are going to be going to a tournament or if it's a, if it's a league where obviously the injuries are all going to carry on, it's a good, it's a good place to be in. Yeah, it definitely is. The, the resilience of the guys is probably the key thing that makes them both so beginner-friendly for a league and so, shall we say, expert-friendly for those wanting to go to a tournament. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I think that's one of the, the reasons <clears throat> that they're seeing a, a renaissance in tournament appearances of late. 
which is a shame because when I got into the tournament scene in 2016, I played the Orcs exclusively for my first few tournaments, and my big ones only moved four, and that was rubbish. I'm very sorry about to hear <laughs> well, about that. I'm not bitter. I'm no, not bitter. no, 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 no. <laughs> Orcs are a fine choice for a starter in the league for the, the reasons we've said, but... But in, they're also seeing, as I've said, a renaissance in their tournament appearance. Absolutely, we were just over at UKTC, mm-hmm. and number one pick for all of the uh, all of the coaches over there was Orcs. Yeah, I think there was forty one Orcs. Forty one Orcs. Now I was thinking, you know what? I'm taking Orcs. I don't really want to play against too many of them. <laughs> I played against three Orc coaches out of the six matches, and I lost all three games. I think I learned a lot about how to actually use orcs properly uh, in that from from that as well. So, learning some of their weaknesses is as important as learning how to use them as well. I mean, we'll touch on this more when we actually get into the UKTC performance and um, mm-hmm. uh, expectation and experience that we had. But the mirror match, I've always found, no matter what the race is, or in fact, no matter what the game system is, mm-hmm. if you want to take it outside the blood bowl and talk something else, then I've found that when I've been going basically slot for slot, card for card, Mm -hmm. team for team against someone else with the same as me, I've always found it a a tricky proposition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Yeah, Uh, It's tough to leverage your skills against someone who's got the same build as you, Mm -hmm. especially because then if you do make a mistake, it'll be exposed quite quickly. Mm -hmm. But also it can come down to whoever rolls the best dice on the day. A little more than Blood Bowl already does, obviously. Yes. That makes me think that, personally, I wouldn't lean into Orcs at the moment because I'd want to avoid that situation of having to play Orcs mm. all the time. But they do have be- they have, they have great matchups with a number of good teams across the board. Absolutely. And, and I know we're, we're going to be talking about UKTC mm. a little bit later on, but generally one of the things that I picked up from that is it is a, a huge amount how you use your guard pieces, and that's something that tends to be kind of a level of Rubik's Cube-like intelligence and where to place them that is a, is po- probably a little bit more beyond me than it was the opponents that I came up against. And having a, I'd say, all the guys I played against had at least three guard in there mm-hmm. between their blitters and their, their, their biggins. I only had two in my build. And that that definitely gave them the gave them the strength advantage against the other teams that I played, which was uh, some nobility. It was um, chaos renegades uh, and also underworld denizens. Mm-hmm. Against them, my strength just it it did me proud. Yeah. I, had, I had no problem whatsoever. But against the orcs, learning how to use that guard is massive. So you are quick to say that you did very badly against the Orcs with the, your three losses, but what was your record against the non-Orc coaches that you played? The non-Orc coaches, well, if anybody non-green, um, <laughs> uh, I got uh, two wins and a draw, which I was very happy against because I was playing against yeah. some very good experienced coaches. Against the Orcs, put it this way, I was lucky to get nil. <laughs> <laughs> uh, did, did, not go, did not go down too well. It's weird with the Orcs because I think another reason that they're doing so well and that they've been given some proper thought by the, the people at the, the, the top of the game, shall we say, mm-hmm. is that they tend to place well in, in, in the rule set that they, mm-hmm. they sit mm-hmm. in. Yeah, I think for UKTC, they were tier three, were they? Or I think, that, yeah, I think they were tier, tier three. Yeah, which, uh, which gave them an extra, I think it was uh, one normal skill and one double skill. They did have a double skill. That's a secondary skill. They're not doubles anymore. Yeah, right? no, secondary absolutely, skill. Yeah. One more secondary skill. 
um, or, or an extra 50k to spend on skills. Mm. So there was a lot more you can do with them, which means you can get the extra guard. You can you can splash out on a sneaky git for a goblin, or you can give you a troll block. The the, the troll block is one I went for, and and that worked really really well for me. That that worked fantastically well. The the ones that I saw the other coaches do, uh, we had a dodge blitzer. It didn't didn't particularly work that well, but I can see how it, it 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 did work in a lot of the other games that weren't against uh, against myself. That surprises me, the dodge blitzer, because one of the good things about orcs and um, um, paraphrasing the conversation I've had with um, uh, Spleggy here, um, mm-hmm. a very good orc coach. Absolutely. One of the good things about orcs is they do very well against dwarves mm-hmm. um, because they <clears> negate. <throat> one of their largest strengths for dwarves is obviously the spam tackle that they have. Mm. So. Basically, if, if if you're given a an orc dodge, then all of a sudden their tackle is live across the board. True. So, does does assume you're going to be playing against dwarves for that to be a negative though. Well, of course, yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. But when you absolutely. when you when you turn up to a tournament, I mean, I know as a player myself, I do overvalue tackle hmm. as a skill that I give to my um, players. But tackle is something that someone most teams will have at least one one of. So if you can go in there. And say I've switched that off. Mm-hmm. Your skill, you've got one less skill now because that is absolutely pointless against me. Mm-hmm. Then, then that's a that's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's not just dwarves that will suffer from that. But um, yeah, absolutely, no, that's a very good know, point. Or orcs, it seems, are, <coughs> I'd say, and, and Splaggy would agree um, that they they do fare well against dwarves, even with all the block because they've got the block, they've got the armor, they've got the movement, and they can take a kicking. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot to be said for the benefit of orcs. Definitely. A couple of other things I'd just say quickly about orcs. Just in terms of hobby-wise, they're one of the most popular races that's ever been through Warhammer, Warhammer 40,000, Age of Sigmar, although you try to call them orcs now. I just can't, <laughs> I can't get on board with that. Sorry, guys. It's, just, it's not for me. Yeah, I'm still going um, for it rather than rushing to it. And this gives you an absolute, um, just such a pantheon of beautiful models to get from for, uh, 30, 40 years worth of models. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you are a painter, you are a modeler, you've got all of that to, to get stuck in with. Uh, you know, you've got the squigs, you've got the goblins, the night goblins, everything. And you can see some really, really individual teams out there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my orc team is from the 2016 box set. Mm-hmm. It was the team, the first team I painted when I yeah. returned to the game. Fantastic. Um, I still haven't painted the, done the bases, so yeah. <laughs> it's not finished. I've painted 15, 16 teams since then Lovely. and finished them, but I, I need to go back and finish finish my orcs. And I thought I would be very, very cool and trend-setting by painting them orange. And it seems that every other orc team I see is painted orange along the way, because orange pairs well with green. Who knew? It does go very, very... Oh, I thought you meant you painted the skin orange. No, 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 I didn't. I didn't. Well, I've seen that. No. Uh, the the winner, <laughs> and this is uh, a huge shout-out to El Spunio, mm. who I played in my my second match. He won the best painted at UKTC, which is no mean feat. There's a lot mm. of really, really good uh, hobbyists there, as well as uh, as coaches. He did his uh, team with uh, with red skin. And just absolutely beautiful. There we have it, uh, the orc talk. So yes, if if you are parents to a uh, to a, to a blood bowling child, you can now give them the orc talk. <laughs> Sit them down and explain why going green is the way forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, again, so after the orc talk, we're now moving on to a regular feature that we're going to have here on this next game 
which is Mick's Hobby Masterclass, where Mick will share his expertise on all things related to the Blood Bowl hobby. Mick, what have you got for us this week? What have I got you for, for you tonight? So Masterclass may be uh, over-egging the pudding a little bit. <laughs> what I'm going to give is a tip that no matter what your what your experience is with uh, with painting models, this can give give your team a much more unified look, a more naturalistic look, and it takes very very little time. Now, I'm going to give due credit here to to where I picked this up from. If you are a painter who likes to get get good results and get good results quickly, and you've got a lot of other stuff going on in life, and you're not watching uh, the guy from Mediocre Hobbies on uh, on YouTube, you should check him out. And he uses a lot of this technique, and I've used this myself. What this is, this is using after you've put on your base coats. So whether that can be contrasts, that can be some uh, just flat flat layers on, onto your model. This is using one of the more natu naturalistic kind of colored washes. So something like an Agrax Earth shade, Seraphim Sepia, Athonian Camo shade, one of those. And, and this sounds weird if you've never done it. It sounds like heresy if you've never done it. You put it over the whole model. Oof. Okay. Now, when I first heard about it, it's like, that's just going to mank up everything it's going to ruin your blues it's going to ruin your reds it's going to ruin those yellows and you know what it didn't especially if you thin it down a little bit what it does is it kind of just ties in the overall look of your model almost as if you've got the same the same kind of hue of light hitting the whole of the model and it ties it together really really well if you're after ultimate speed, you can you can leave it there, and it still looks really good. It adds an extra level of uh, detail and depth to your model. Where you can really start bringing it up if you then afterwards start highlighting up for one or two layers. So a couple of couple of highlights on the blues, a couple of highlights on the reds, on the on the skin looks amazing over armor as well, just over some flat metal. And I've used this time and again, and. It's getting me some really, really good results. And if we do, uh, you know, if we do do a, uh, a page for this, where we can show something visual. I can, I can post some of the pictures there where, where we've used that. So you can call it an overall wash. Some people, I think, there used to be an old technique called dipping, where you literally used mm. to dip your model into a, uh, uh, in, into a tub of uh, effectively wash and shake. I've never done that before. This has always been applied with the brush. I've tried that. Give it a go. As with all things with a new technique, maybe give it a go on something you're not really that bothered about <laughs> and check out the results. But I've been getting some really good results for that recently. And if anybody does have any requests on how to paint a certain kind of thing, you know, I'll cover it on one of the future podcasts. And uh, who knows, I might post some pictures or even a little video of how to do it too. Lovely. Thanks, Mick. I have questions. Yes. You say that you should thin, thin it down. Where I'm coming from is that early on in my painting journey, which hasn't gone very far, I might mm -hmm. have got down to the bottom of my road yes. at this point, I was of the... I did wash my models mm -hmm. totally. Yes. Uh, I used null oil, and that made things very, very dirty. Yeah, I've never used the null oil for it. it, right, so it I've, I've found the null oil is... Some people do use it for that, mm -hmm. but it's I, I found it too dark. I found that one too dark. Uh, another one that uh, I've seen used quite a lot, Berserker, the new Berserker Raid Shade, mm -hmm. which is a little bit like Agraxer, with a bit more of a red tinge to that mm -hmm. as well. 
also works very, very well on things. So, so the normal, yeah, I've found makes things rather too dirty. So you're definitely saying that when you do this, it's a case of one of the more natural shades like Agrax Earth Shade. Yeah, absolutely. From. absolutely. The other thing is the thinning it. Would you recommend doing Agrax from the pot or would you say thin it for the best results? The majority of the ones I've done it on, I've used it from the pot. Really? Okay. I've used it from the That's pot. It's, uh, it, it's worked well, but... As with all things, if you add a bit of water to it, you can always stick a bit more on, but you can't. It, it's difficult to take it off. <laughs> uh, one of the other things, just to, just to say on that as well, is when you when you do put this on, just watch out and make sure it's not pooling like crazy anywhere. Just mm. go back in with your brush and kind of uh, use up. that to soak up some of the excess wash. But uh, this will make a lot more sense with some pictures, so I absolutely will get some of these out there with wherever we post this. Brilliant. Fantastic. Cool, thank you, Mick. Yeah, I, I for one will certainly be doing that, especially if you're saying it works with contrasts, because that's all I use these days. Absolutely, um, contrasts and um, the speed paints, mommy painter, of course. They are wonderful. And if you, if anybody's not got on top of the new Express shades from Vallejo, they really do. recommend some of those as well, especially their skin. It's beautiful. <laughs> Brilliant. Great stuff. Thank you very much, Mick. No problem. Welcome back. Now we're going to be talking about UKTC. UKTC, the Battle Royale over in York. Wonderful yes. stuff. For those of you who don't know what UKTC is, it's one of the premium tournaments in the UK Blood Bowl calendar. Mm-hmm. It's usually held this time of year, yes. beginning of April. Two days, six games for teams of four. No one can have the same races in a team, of course. I didn't know that. Yeah, It's a good job well, to do something different. Yes. Yes. The 2023 edition of UKTC is the eighth iteration of its fine lineage, and there were 86 teams and 344 That's players. That's a lot of blood bowl on one room. Two rooms. Two rooms. Two rooms. It's held at the University of York and split over two rooms. The main room being noisy and loud, um, with people slamming dice cups down and cheering and. Yeah, the main room. That that's kind of where the people who won the most were ending up in the uh, yes. in the main hall. The second room. It was a bit more sedate. It was a bit more sedate. I was kind of, that was my, if I lose, I get to go in the nice room. <laughs> yeah. It's not too bad. Yeah, the lighting's better. It's closer to the amenities. And Charlie Victor was there. Charlie <laughs> Victor was there. Selling. You can watch the, you can watch the geese wandering around outside. Yeah, it, 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 it's lovely. Maybe don't do that while it's your turn. <laughs> no, absolutely. <laughs> yes, UKTC is one of the premium tournaments. And I always enjoy going to it. And how many times have you been there now? I've been there since the 4th, I believe. So I've been four times. Great stuff. It's my second one. Nice. How did you last time? How did I do last time? (laughs) Right, okay. I know the answer to this. Anybody who is going to a tournament, you're going to have a better time than I did in the first time. Bear in mind, it was still enjoyable enough that I went back the the, the (laughs) second year. Game-wise, I lost five of the six games. I drew one against Halflings Mm -hmm. on the way there. I managed to get a speeding ticket for going 33 miles an hour on a motorway. I think that's a diddle. <laughs> also at UKTC, it was the uh, at the kind of the backside end of COVID waves yeah. uh, coming out. Caught COVID four days before my wedding reception, which then had to be cancelled, costing several thousand pounds. So... This one was loads better. <laughs> really enjoyed this one a lot better. That is fair. Yeah. Uh, you came out without COVID. You came out with some wins. We're still waiting on the speeding ticket. Yes. We don't know. I think I was sensible the whole way around. So, let's talk about our team. Our team were called the Wibble Spacemen. Um, it was myself, 
There was uh, Mick, Picnic Mick. Uh, there was Spleggy. And there was Ed with one D, or Ed with one Ed. Ed. Uh, if you want to say. Do you know what? It makes more sense. Ed with one D makes more sense. Yes. <laughs> but uh, most Eds only have one Ed. I don't know yeah. where the two head Eds are. As, uh, as we'll, we'll get to when we do NAF name or nonsense. I yes. don't think NAF names necessarily they don't need, have to, to make need to make any sense at all. I am going to call him um, Ed with one D from now on. <laughs> yes. But um, our team, sadly off, Ed with one D was a ringer. I brought him at the last minute because... One of our teammates um, unfortunately couldn't make it for the mm-hmm. weekend and had to pull out um, at the 11th hour. So thank you very much, Ed with 1D, mm-hmm. uh, for yeah, stepping up. Performed. I think it was his third ever tournament and he was running Ogres. He ran Ogres. And you know what? If anybody has run with Ogres before, they can lose a lot and it's not your fault. He took it like a champ when he lost and he did as proud and won some games with Ogres yeah, as well. Yeah, he went like, two and four. Yeah, over the piece, which is a great result. And an absolute pleasure to be around as well, which is the yes. main thing. Yes. Yes. So, um, our, our team finished mid-50s, I believe. Um, yes. Which is not particularly great. But what with somebody dropping out at the last minute, um, we had to sort of realign our expectations going in. Oh, my expectations that I was going to be no good. I <laughs> <laughs> was quite within my expectations. Well, you definitely, uh, you, you did okay. You did okay. Okay, well, thank you. So... Let's see, we'll talk about individual performances. So we'll talk about yours first, if that's okay, Mick. Well, let, let's go ahead and do that. Lovely, so sir. my performance, I took Orcs, as you will realise from the Orc talk earlier on. Took a bit of advice from Spleggy, who had used this particular roster for really, really su- successfully in some previous tournaments. Mm-hmm. And the main difference to some of them that you'll see out there, didn't take a Goblin, so it removes the one-turn touchdown possibility. A block troll, and dun-dun-dun... Only three biggins. Only three biggins. Only three biggins. Now, I've got to say, in general, for everyone I played against who wasn't an orc, it worked a treat. It was fab. Round one, mm-hmm. play, played against a uh, Chaos Renegades team from a lovely team from the Basque Country. Mm-hmm. Uh, played against uh, Raul and managed to get a 2-0 win, which I was an, an absolutely over the moon with. I, I'd instantly got more points than last year after the first <laughs> game. I was uh, absolutely on top of the world. Second game, it, it is the most fun I've ever had just having my backside handed to me, gift-wrapped. <laughs> Played against El Spunior, a beautiful, beautiful team. And by the second half, it was... what I, I don't know if you've done this, guys, but have you ever gone into the second half about one or two turns and just thinking, this guy is just better than me? <laughs> he just, he's seeing things I don't see. He's playing 3D chess. I'm playing tiddlywinks. And once I'd kind of taken that to my heart, I could actually start enjoying myself with it. So by the end, by the end of the thing, I, I lost two 0 We were just cheering each other's actions, and we were—I was dodging out with people trying to do turn fifteen fouls because I knew the game was gone, and I just really enjoyed it. And part of it, if you—if I think if you go to a tournament, depends on your expectations of going in. I was going in to have uh, just have a lot of fun. I think yeah, that's, certainly got on that. I think that's a very wise thing to do because if you think about it, my personal journey with with, with, with competitive games is that I always try to win. Mm. I always want to win and I get disappointed if I don't win. Mm. In a way, I sort of lean on Blood Bowl as being my my ticket out of that particular purgatory yeah. because that's not a nice place to be. Because if you think about it, there were 344 people at that tournament. If every single one went in with the mindset of, I want to win this then 343 of them are going to go home disappointed. Absolutely. So, yes. What with Blood Bowl being the game it is, I think 
having the mindset of having fun at every every turn and every mm-hmm. play is the way to save yourself a lot of mental anguish, shall we say. Absolutely. absolutely. And it, there is that delicate balance between you're not just going to turn up and, um, you know, not try because, you know, you, you want to support your teammates and everybody wants to get a team win at the end of every round. Mm. But uh, it's that balance of this is not the only thing going on in life at the minute. Mm. And uh, if you can enjoy a situation, let's just enjoy it. Yeah. Third game, a great coach called Valen, using Imperial Nobility. I've got to say, first half, really, really outplayed me. Fastest guy I've ever played against in my life. Honestly, it was like, he's moving there, dice roll, and there, dice roll, him there, dice roll. And then suddenly, the, the ball has gone from his touchline to halfway into my uh, in, into my half. I'm like, what just happened there? I don't know. Um, Sounds like he's been taking a leaf out of Blood Bowl 3's book. Well, I think so. I think so. Really, really, really smart coach. He had shocking luck uh, in terms of some armor rolls. Managed to take about four or five of his uh, key players off at the end of the first half. And meant that the second half was a bit of a procession. Ended up winning winning 1-0, which was great. And that, that was my day one. Uh, nice. Just so I'm not talking all just about me. Uh, Craig, <laughs> do you want to talk a bit about your, your day one exploits? Yeah, of course. My day one uh, exploits were mixed trending towards the successful. In that I had two draws and a win. Um, my first two games were draws. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, by the way, I was playing Shambling Undead. Because I'm a filthy power gamer and only play the tier one teams when I, when I, <laughs> when I want to. Uh, my build had uh, five skills. Uh, that was guard on one of the mummies, mm-hmm. guard on one of the whites, tackle on one of the whites, and then my ghouls. One had block and one had wrestle. Mm-hmm. I had three rerolls. Yes. Um, I had thirteen players and I think one assistant coach with the chaff that I spent at the end. Ten k is ten k. Yeah, that is true. So the first round was against a coach called Nota or mm-hmm. Nota. And the team's called the Retro Munger Quick Action Squad. There were quite a few Retro Munger teams, if you if you see the standing. Ah, okay, okay. I think there was about four Retro Munger X, Retro Munger Y. And, and was, so were they all from the same city? I presume so. I thought okay. they were all Spanish, I presume. But, uh, a hell of a coincidence if they weren't, to be perfectly honest. Absolutely. Well, that one went okay. It was one all. We were playing Models. What happened was I scored on my drive quite convincingly. Mm-hmm. On his drive, it was slightly less convincingly. There was very little damage that he was doing to me, mm-hmm. obviously being what else. And by the end of it, I was feeling I could be able to hold him out. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, elves did the elf thing at the end, and they managed to equalise. I had my one-turn touchdown attempt, but unfortunately he rolled a blitz on the kickoff table. And Not happen. threw guys in there and messed it all yeah. up, as you can imagine. So one all, but I did think he was scrambling in the second half to equalise. Mm. And he got a little lucky. Uh, nothing outside the realms of normal Blood Bowl. I'm mm-hmm. not saying that it was ridiculous. The plan didn't quite work for me. No. The second game was against Cornish. This was quite amusing. This was also 1-1. He was playing humans. What happened there was very, very similar. In the the, the very first two blocks of the game, I, remo- I removed casualty to two of his guys, which set me up straight away. Che- the, cheers you up lovely, that It really it? does. Yeah. The entire half, uh, by, by turn four, there were two guys KO'd, Four guys in the casualty box. So it was an, a complete walkover of the first half. Uh, I scored at the end of the first half. Mm-hmm. It was looking great. On his turn two, his KO guys came back. So he was down to 10 players. Mm-hmm. And he had one hell of a time trying to equalise. Well, unfortunately, just like the previous game, on his turn eight, he had a, a string of no re-roll, very high probability plays, four pluses. 
that he had to make. Yeah. It all came down to him. He made all of these to get his guy in a perfect position on his turn 15. Um, on my turn 15, I managed to get all the things I needed to do mm-hmm. to stop him again. But what happened at the end of the game was he had a, a three plus dodge mm-hmm. into a two dice blitz to clear one of the two tackle zone off the ball. Then he had a four plus pickup. Yes. Which he made. And then he had a three plus dodge to move out of the tackle zone and score to get the equalizing um, yes. score. His guy is a blitzer. He had break tackle as one of his elected skills. Yes. He rolled a one on it. Oh. Now, the first kickoff of the game, there was a prayers to Nuffle. Thank you for the sound effects there. All right, it's fine. I'll charge extra. He won the prayers to Nuffle. Yes. And he got to choose one of his players to give the pro skill to. Oh, Nuffle. And he gave pro to his break tackle guy. It was the only time he used pro for the entire game. Mm -hmm. He rolled his pro. He rolled a three. He then rolled more than a two, and he equalised. Wow. That's the wow, only wow, wow. The first time I've seen prayers to Nuffle actually matter and win somebody the game. And if I'm honest, I'm not even mad. It was a story. It was fun. Mm. That was fine. It, so. it, that, that feeling when somebody, you're thinking, right. Because a lot of people say the art of Blood Bowl is to get your opponent to roll dice. Yeah. And sometimes your opponent rolls all the dice. And <laughs> it's normally about two or three dice rolls in, you kind of go... This is actually happening. Yeah. <laughs> no, there's no way this should happen. This is the perfect trap. This is like something from the movie Saw I've just put you into. And they just waltz through it. And, um, you know, uh, I think we've all done it once or twice, but uh, having it on the receiving end, sometimes you just got to go, well, in there, mate. Yeah. 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 <laughs> sometimes you're the pigeon, sometimes you're the statue. Absolutely. So, the... <laughs> no, it wasn't quite over. I had another one turn attempt, obviously, at the end of the match for my mm-hmm. turn 16. This time what happened was uh, the kickoff was officious ref. Mm-hmm. And the officious ref stunned the player that I needed to blitz to oh. start off my one-turn touchdown attempt. So that was two matches, <laughs> two one-turn <laughs> touchdown event, uh, um, opportunities, both of them scuppered by the kickoff. Oh, dear. Uh, round three, I played Deep Fruit with his packed team. I managed to win 1-0. I won't dwell too much on that because it seemed quite... an an easy-ish game to win. He was having some bad luck on his rolls. Okay. He he snaked. He, he managed to advance down to the down on his drive, and then he unfortunately snaked. Mm. Yeah. A, 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 a two plus. Yeah. And Pack don't roll. have the strongest of toolkits to start with. No. One thing I will say that his models were really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> I like hobby. I like weird teams and and, and seeing all these things. But he had the sort of jungle savannah mm-hmm. type set of models, so they were all animals. And he was explaining what they were to start the start mm. the match, and he's like, "Right, okay, so this rhino yeah. is a, a minotaur," and I was like, "Oh, okay, so rhino's a mino. It's got okay. a horn. I've got that. That's in my head. Rhino's yeah. a mino. That's okay. This elephant is an ogre." I'm like, "Okay, fantastic. Rhino's a mino. Elephant is the ogre. This weird four-legged gorilla. Don't ask. Yeah. This is a rat ogre. I'm like, okay, so the gorilla is the rat ogre." The elephant is the ogre. The rhino is the minor. He's like, yes. Okay. This monkey's escaping. Okay, whatever. The first play. He moves up. He blitzes with a thing or blocks. And then he, he turns his model around. And I think it is the rhino. Which, as we know, is a minor. Rhino is a minor. When he turned it around, written on the bottom of the base was ogre. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> when the elephant turned around, 
it said Mino. When the four-legged gorilla turned around, it said Skaven. So I was just completely thrown all over because everything wasn't what it was. Cats and dogs living together. It was an absolute nightmare. But we got through it and I managed to win 1-0. So that's Fantastic. okay. So I ended the day on two draws and a win. Both of the draws, I felt my opponents had to scramble mm-hmm. for their equaliser. Mm-hmm. And I felt, not unlucky, but I felt that I could have done something better mm-hmm. to maybe turn my position into a win yeah. for those. Okay. So I was happy with my results. Good stuff. Well, coming out of the day un- unbeaten, yeah. that's yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. No, I came out with uh, two wins and a loss, which I was absolutely mm. tripping on, on sunbeams nice. on that. So very happy. And in second, we will have a talk about day two. Fantastic. Welcome back. We're now going to talk about day two of our UKTC performance. Day two, yes, absolutely. Okay, it, it was a day of joy and sorrow, light and <laughs> darkness. Turned up absolutely on top of the world thinking, I now know how to play this game. I am now <laughs> any good at Blood Bowl. Nuffle had other plans for me, though. <laughs> so day two, uh, sat down opposite Eric, uh, sorry, Eric's chap who's from uh, Denmark, uh, or t- possibly even from uh, Greenland, which is where, where he uh, grew up, using his underworld team. And I've got to say, this is ev- it was a draw. The actual gameplay of it, not particularly that interesting. However, from a team perspective, the best example of sportsmanship I have ever seen. So going into the last couple of uh, the, the last turn, my turn sixteen, I am one nil down and desperately stra- scrambling to try and get a. Uh, to try and get an equalising touchdown. It's been back and forth all match. My Orc Blitzer is two squares away. I've got one turn left after this. Two squares away from the um, from the end zone. Or was it one square? This is very, very important. On his turn, his, his Goblin goes, right, I'm going to blitz your Blitzer. This is just a, a, just a mook of a Goblin. <laughs> okay, he's got nothing. He's got to do two Gurfrits to Blitz me. He's got to go through three Tackle Zones to Blitz me there is no way this this should ever work and as i just said sometimes you just see that train coming down the track he dodges out the two tackle zones he makes the two extra go for it he smacks me it is double defender stumbles and of course he can choose whichever one he wants and he smacks me back this is where things start getting a little bit woolly i am cheering because it's like look (laughs) You know, might as well enjoy this. This is a, this is a moment of uh, epic, uh, epic awesomeness. And then the ball bounces out. He manages to get it to his his gutter runner, who runs up the pitch, and he's about to yeet it down into the other the other half of the pitch, so that I have got no chance of scoring. However, his his teammates who were, who were gathered around go, I don't think you can actually do that because uh, the ball had actually bounced off into the uh, into the crowd and mm-hmm. was thrown back on mm-hmm. taking it away from my guys and they said Eric I think you knock that guy with your elbow and I, d- I think the ball should have t- bounced into the touchdown zone Ooh. at the end zone mm-hmm. rather than off the pitch and I was like I've got nine I, I was just cheering mm-hmm. uh, you know if you want to take it from the gutter runner having the ball you know I'm not going to complain 
between them, they said, look, we don't know what's happened. We in- we insist that it stays in the end zone. Oh, that's nice. I was just like, if you insist, you know, fair enough. Maybe looking back, I should have insisted that it was... Th- maybe we, we had a, a bit of a sportsmanship off. But yeah, they insisted it was all in the end zone and something had been knocked by an elbow. I still don't know what happened, but I ended up equalising and getting a draw. Uh, we bought each other, uh, you know, bought each other a drink and it was uh, it was all, all good things. So, Eric, it was your, your birthday on the day. Hope you had a fantastic day. And uh, yeah, who knows what happened with the elbow, but I'm, I'm sure... <laughs> Nothing dodgy was done whatsoever. It was confusion at the end. So it is nice to report on a good, a good, yeah, um, instance of sportsmanship. So we, if anyone's scared of going to a tournament because they think they're going to meet people who are going to be, yeah, you know, rough and rules lawyery, absolutely, that's not what you get. That's not what you get. Absolutely, we love Eric's and his team. What was the name of his team? Can you remember? Um, from round there? four was ECBBL Ten Tackles. We love those guys. Absolutely, <laughs> game five. That was, you know, there's people there from all over the world. And who do I end up playing against? I play against uh, Adam, who lives just around the corner from my mum-in-law in in Leeds. (laughs) If you imagine a ginger version of Sam Ryder off of Eurovision, he's a little bit like that. He's he's a kind of a genial, gentle giant, (laughs) a, a wonderful, wonderful man. He's using orcs. I'm pig sick of seeing orcs by this point. I think I lost one nil in that game. I had three attempts. I managed to break through his lines on the first drive. Had three attempts at needing just a three for a dodge to break out of a tackle zone uh, to to run in and score a touchdown. Uh, failed them all. Failed them all. And uh, just I just couldn't. He, he just outsmacked me. You know, he was uh, good. He didn't offer up anything else after that. Played it absolutely like a champ. He, he did great and well-deserved well win there. The final game, and I, I think some of two-day tournament stuff is all about having the actual stamina mm-hmm. to still have your brain working at the end of game five. And I will tell you the absolute key to that. The key to that is very, very simple. Ask someone else because I have not got it. <laughs> right at the end of game five, at the end of uh, at the start of game six, uh, I was playing against Mashley, and again with orcs, <laughs> <laughs> and seeing them lined up against me, I was just like, oh, could you just not give me some? I can just beat up for a bit without having to concentrate too much. I worked out I needed to learn how to use guard a lot better in the when playing against orcs, especially when someone who's got a lot more guard mm. than you have. He had a beautiful, beautiful Punga pirate team that he, nice. he used against me. That one, it was a a little bit. It was probably a bit more Benny Hill than <laughs> uh, than a, a absolute, you know, chess master play in, in that game. Both of us absolutely cocking up our various roles and tactics and things like that. But uh, he he did it where it needed to be done. Uh, beat me one nil. We both had a great time, and uh, I hope you guys drove safe and got back to Kent earlier than than you were hoping. Looking like a, like a five hour drive. Yeah, back. midnight they were getting back. Absolutely, yeah. poor lads. Yeah. So anyway, uh, the mash. What was their team name? They were called the Scarb Stout Fellows. Scarb Stout, and they gave me dice, mm. which is very kind of them. Which is very kind of them. Did we talk about the chocolate? 
We've not talked about the chocolate. We've talked about the chocolate. Mention the chocolate. Okay, (laughs) so one of the things that I think can be really, really good about tournament play, if you've not been, uh, it's not absolutely mandatory to do this, but it it can be a tradition of taking a gift from your team to give to each of your opponents. Starts test up quite a nice vibe at the start at the start of the game, you know. It's it's good for like building those relationships and and getting that good vibe going on right. Especially from the, the start. large tournaments, I think that's when it's more. Absolutely, more the large tournaments. It? Yeah, it's when, more when you're, when you're hosting visiting uh, yeah. coaches from across the world. Absolutely, and it's coaches from across the world where we got the idea from. We were over in uh, Euro Bowl in Malta. We were, and the Swiss team, as uh, one of the things that Switzerland is very famous for, it all brought us a lovely bar of chocolate each. They had which in the middle of a long day is very, very, very useful. thought we could do something similar, and uh, we got some bars of Galaxy for our opponents, but because we are the spacemen, I thought, Galaxy, spacemen, let's do this. Uh, my wife, Claire, she doesn't have a NAF name. <laughs> She's a graphic designer, and she made some absolutely uh, fabulous wrappers that said, spacemen, two die chalk, and it was in the theme <laughs> of the, the, the Galaxy chocolate bar that you probably probably recognise. And, uh, yeah, just a nice little thing to give each of our opponents yeah, at the start. They went down very well. Yeah. Chocolate always does, to be fair. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So that was my absolute nonsense splattered to uh, second day. Finished with two wins, three losses, one draw. Still a million miles better than last time and still really keen to go back next year as well. And what what about yours, yours Craig? How did you get on? Well done, by the way. That's a fine result, especially... All of your, your losses came against Orc coaches, so at least you know what you need to work on for, 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 for next time is the mirror match. Yeah, just yeah. avoid green. <laughs> yes, yes. yes. Um, so my day for uh, my day two started with a match against Juju, playing against Dwarves, mm-hmm. which I was quite worried about going in, but it, it went quite well. Um, I ended up winning 2-0. I received. I managed to score on ter- turn four. Uh, he had a death roller in his Dwarves, but um, the rule pack didn't allow the sneaky git death roller. It was just a, a normal death roll. Yes. And he was quite pleased with that. And I, 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 I sort of agree with him because I think that the sneaky git death roller, while it is very, very powerful, it leans you to playing specific, specifically for fouling. Mm. And if you're a good coach or you fancy yourself as a coach, the sneaky git death roller build doesn't lean into leveraging your talent as a coach. Mm. Yes. It, it, leans into your skills of not rolling doubles on your arm on mm. your um, injury rolls. So if you think you're good, pick a roster or a team that doesn't rely so much on the dice because then mm. your skill will come through and, and you can use that. Absolutely. Um, so his death roller, I scored early because his death roller uh, would be an issue. He had 12 players with the death roller. So on turn four, um, it had done three blocks. Only one of them had broken armor and did nothing. So that's great. And by the time I scored and it got sent off, I was placed. That's great. Um, Bit of a sigh of relief there. His trip back, it still leans into the Dwarf's um, strategy of the 2-1 grind. Make them score early, score on their drive, and then when you receive, score on your drive, you've won the game. Mm -hmm. So he still had five turns to do so. Uh, Unfortunately, the wheels fell off for his. I managed to break open the cage on about turn six. He did a desperation throw to one of his guys. I mm-hmm. managed to sack that guy on turn seven. And his turn seven, he failed a roll at some point, mm-hmm. which meant that he could no longer score. I couldn't score again, but he could no longer score mm-hmm. on my drive. Yeah. So I go in one nil up. Um, it was the second half that won it for me because he had to use two re-rolls on his first turn, Oof. which only left him with one. And that was that was gone on turn three. I think it was 
a double skulls and a double skulls for on, on turn one and three, which meant that he was he was playing fast and loose with very dangerous things all the way through. He he, he managed to break away to the side um, midway through the through the through the half, but unfortunately he fell over with um, a uh, a go for it with no uh, no rerolls. I managed to get the ball back, managed to score again. That was two mm-hmm. 0 to me. And that was all she wrote, really. Fantastic. Well done, especially getting out of there alive with the uh, the death roll. Yeah, there could be yeah. some horrible, crunchy, crunchy yeah. zombies going on there. Mighty blow plus two is a thing. You it know, is it's a thing. very, very strong. Very, very strong. So round five, I played against Breakmonger, which who was fielding high elves, and that was another one-all draw. It was a cagey match. There were no casualties either side. I managed to score on my drive, but there was a moment of intrigue where he did manage a fantastic chain push, where he managed to chain push my ball carrier into a place where he could be blocked. Uh, sorry, where he could be blitzed. Um, I think it, it took sort of two blocks to get him up there. Yeah. The guy was blitzed. He was knocked over. The ball scattered perfectly to a space in which the Owls required a four-plus pickup. The Owls did not get the four-plus pickup. Um, so that was uh, heart, in the, heart in the mouth time. Absolutely. Was, Similar as when you see the chain pushes and things going on, yeah. you're thinking this guy knows what he's doing. It was a good. It yeah. was a good play. It was a good play. It was something that I'd, I'd not, not really seen. Mm-hmm. Know, I was like, right, okay. I didn't think it would be that effective. To be perfectly frank, he, he deserved to pick the ball up. You know, because mm-hmm. because of the play that he did, but he didn't. Um, I managed to get the ball back and into a cage the very the very next turn with some decent play of my own, if I do say so myself. Mm-hmm. And as I say, I managed to score on that drive in the second half. I managed to sack his guy, almost got the ball back, and then he tried to get the ball back. He failed. It was all very cagey. Mm-hmm. And then again, at the end of the, the, the half, he had one turn where everything had to go absolutely perfectly with no rerolls yes. for him to equalise. And Elves did what Elves did, and he did it again. And again, part of me wants to blame that on ridiculous Elven BS, yes. if you like. However... It seems to be a motif with me through this tournament. Yes. Is that I was playing, I think I played well through the yes. entire tournament, but my opponents always found a way in order to let the dice get the successes they needed mm-hmm. to score the equalizing touchdown. Yes. And I think the very best players would have done enough to stop that happening. Yeah. So I need to work, I think, on on my. Closing skills, if you like. Yeah, absolutely. Um, just, just leaving them with nothing to sniff at. Yes, yeah. yes, and that is something that I've taken away from this as a as a a, a piece of a, a piece of homework going forward, if you like. Klaus boy is going back to the lab. I am, I am, <laughs> I am. But yes, that was um, that was one all. Incidentally, I did have a chance at a one turn touchdown at this point to equalise, and it was an officious ref. Who stunned a key piece in <laughs> oh, my no, side, no. which meant that I couldn't get the pushes. That really. is a shame. That is a shame. A one-turn touchdown with with undead is tough anyway. Absolutely. However, having three of them taken away from me by the damn kickoff table results, I'm always of the opinion: let me do the good fun stuff and then fail the go for it at the end. Exactly. If I'm going to fail, let me have my fun. Yeah. Don't just go. I'll get pick this up. Oh, I failed my dodge. No, that's the end of that. Absolutely. I want the fun. I want the fun in the fail. I think Nuffle was telling you that Nuffle just wanted a cup of tea at that point. I think maybe so. Yeah, it's like I don't. Nuffle was like, yeah, I don't care about one ten touchdowns. No, no one's having any of them. So yeah, it's not for you. Get in the bin. Yeah, <laughs> unless it takes two or more turns, it's not a decent play. Exactly. 
Anyway, the final match of the tournament was against Eldritch Fox from the Scab Stoutfellows. That's a good name. It is a great name, yeah. That's a very good name. Uh, unfortunately, that was my first loss of the day. Oh, dear. He was playing Shambling Undead. Ah, okay. And it was the almost the mirror match. The only difference in our rosters was that I had four zombies and a skeleton. Mm-hmm. He had three zombies and two skeletons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I might have chosen that if I'd have painted another skeleton, but mm-hmm. I didn't. I've only painted one. Yeah. So, to be fair, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change it anyway. I think zombies are the best zombies thing in the team. Better, I think the zombies are the best thing in the team, to be honest. Yeah. Anyway, that was going well in the first half. Um, I managed to score. I think it was on my turn six after receiving the ball. Mm-hmm. Giving him three turns to score. But I fancied myself as being able to keep him out. Yeah. Unfortunately, I didn't manage to keep him out when he broke for it on his turn seven. And I had a... I needed to make two dodges with my two ghouls, who were both marked by the same guy, in order to have a two-die mm-hmm. blitz on the ball carrier. And I failed the first one in nine. Again, I feel like I probably could have done more to not be in the position where I was in. Yeah. But that is something, as I said, that's a learning that I've got for yeah, the so he managed to score unimpeded at the end of my drive to make it one all. And then on, on his drive for the second half, I had all the work to do to stop him. Yes. And was it still kind of equal play? It was still at that equal point? at yeah. that point. Yeah, okay. Um, however, turn nine the, on his half, I kicked the ball to him and his first three blocks were KO, KO, Kaz along the line. Oh. So I was three players down straight away. Yeah. And at that point, I'm like, well, this is going to be an absolute nightmare. Mm-hmm. He managed to remove by KO another one of my guys a bit early mm-hmm. on. I think on turn 13, I had to a Kaz and a KO of my own, so I was sort of trying to get it back in there. But he was very methodically. He was a very good player. He was he was quite conservative, mm-hmm. which I think in that position he was it, it, that played into it. You know, he, the the fact that he'd removed three of my guys, he could afford to be conservative because he was he grinding down the pitch. Was not giving you a sniff. He didn't have to do, yeah. give me a sniff. He was just yeah. going grind. And to be honest, even in the first half, he was the same. He was very conservative, mm-hmm. um, but it was doing well. It was doing very well. Mm. So it comes down to it where I have to make, in desperation, near the end of the half, I think it's turn 14 or something like that, I have to make, to, to, to manufacture a two dice block on the ball carrier, which is nicely screened, mm-hmm. I have to make, with two ghouls, a four plus dodge and a three plus dodge with both of them in order to get into the position. This works, I get the rolls I need, I get into position, I only manage to push the guy yes. with my last re-roll. However, I could push him to base against somebody else who did manage to knock him over with his one die. So, happy with that. Absolutely. The ball scattered into a place in one tackle zone. My ghoul picked it up and ran up the pitch. Did you still have a chance at scoring at this point? At this, this, this is where I'm getting to. Ah, I felt okay. very, very lucky to get to that point. Mm. Considering the way the turn had gone. Where I've said about my previous matches, where I felt like my opponents were scrambling to score their equaliser... Mm-hmm. I was definitely scrambling to score my winner. Mm -hmm. He had me in position. He had me in personnel. Mm -hmm. And he had me in the fact that he had the ball. (laughs) So the luck was with me to get to where I was. Mm. The way it worked is that his next turn didn't go so well. So I had a chance to run on. So for my 15, I positioned everything to stop his guys doing much. Mm Mm-hmm. And here's the choice I had. Now, this is the reason I wanted to... In fact, this is the reason I wanted a podcast. I wanted to talk about this. This was the thing... Get it out. I will. Get it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lie down on the couch. Put your head on the 
head on the pillow. I had a choice. <laughs> I had a choice for my turn 15 and 16. Yes. I could, with a ramming speed, with my goal, break for the end zone. In order to score, I had to make four rushes, stroke, go for it, mm-hmm. across turn 15 and 16. Yes. No rerolls. If I fail one of the go for it's in mm-hmm. my first, in, in turn 15, one of the first two mm-hmm. go for it's, and the ball scatters badly, I think three out of eight, backwards towards mm-hmm. my end zone, my opponent then has chance to win the game. Yeah. His chances to win the game are quite slim. Mm-hmm. His chances to win the game involve two go for it of his own, a pickup, a six plus pass, mm-hmm. a catch, and then a, a touchdown. He has three rerolls. Yeah. So it's not cut and dry. A six yeah, point, you know yeah, what I mean? It's, it's like, it's okay. Cool. Also, I could position myself where it will be difficult for him to get the ball back. Because where where he where I was standing, yes. it would take two of his players to manufacture a decent block. Yeah. And then a third player, which couldn't get there, he could only reach me with two players. Yeah. So he was down to having a one dice block, sorry, one dice blitz, yeah. and then have his other guy pick up the ball, throw it. Chuck it for and, a six. Chuck it. That was the only thing he could really do. Yeah. And a draw for the team would have given us a draw in the team tournament. Yeah, yeah, okay. So there were benefits on doing that, and, and a draw mm-hmm. would have given me an undefeated record. Would have been nice. However... Because we were both, as in the both teams were playing for mid-table mediocrity, mm-hmm. and individually there wasn't any reason for us to win or lose, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean we weren't playing for, 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 we weren't troubling the podium or anything mm. like that. I decided to go for it. Yeah, absolutely. Go for the win. Why not? Of course, I failed my second go for it. It's going to happen. Of course, the ball scattered perfectly. And of course... My opponent made all the rolls he needed to get the winning touchdown. I've spoken to my good friend Wags, Professor Wags, who's a um, statistician. Okay. Uh, he's a math teacher. He knows his stuff. He knows his numbers. And I was trying to calculate the odds of, of these things happening. I was getting thrown by the fact that he had three re-rolls, which he could have used anywhere along the, mm-hmm, the sequence mm-hmm. of events. But Wags assures me that the, the percentage play of me failing plus him succeeding was around 5%. Okay. Whereas me succeeding was around 48%. Mm-hmm. So it was probably the right thing to do. Yeah, and if you hadn't have done it, if you'd have just kind of caged up and sat sat on your hands and sat on the ball and just kind of gone, right, let's stall it out yeah. for the... for the, Would you have been beating yourself up for not having a pop? Maybe a little. Maybe I wouldn't be beating myself up as much as I am now yeah. for having it fail. As my opponent said at the time, while he was consoling me for his victory... <laughs> He said, oh, well, I think a draw was probably a fair result. Yeah. As I said, well, it wasn't a bloody draw, was it? (laughs) Which got a good laugh, to be fair. (laughs) Yeah, so overall, uh, it was a great match. It was was fun. I felt that I was lucky to be in the position I Mm -hmm. was in to get that Mm -hmm. chance at the win. Yeah. And so I can't begrudge the result as what it was. Absolutely. It, It... I could have failed one of my four plus dodges and he'd have just scored and you know that would have been the end of it but I had ridiculous luck to get the ball and he had the ridiculous luck with his three re-rolls yeah 
to, to score the winner. So fair play to him. Um, that left me with two wins, three draws, and one loss. Which I think, with a little bit more skill on my part, I could have parlayed mm-hmm. quite successfully into five wins and a draw. Fantastic. And obviously this is a, a, a team tournament that we went to. Yes. I'm struggling to remember what the rest of the guys did because I, I can barely just remember what I did <laughs> in terms of like how the rest of the, uh, um, the team got on. Well, Spleggy, I think he mirrored my result um, okay. in that he had two wins, three draws and a loss. Okay. Um, you yourself were on your two, two wins two, and draw. Three, two, one, three. Two, one, three. Yeah. Um, and Edward 1D uh, yeah. finished on two wins and four losses with Ogres, which is a, a solid result. That's, that's crowd-pleasing. Crowd it is. There's, yeah. no, there's no nonsense draws in there. It is. Of the four of us, uh, individually, Spleggy placed higher on strength of schedule. Mm-hmm. It's really good. But yeah, it was, a, it was a fun tournament all round, I thought. Really enjoyed it. Definitely yeah. up for it next year as well. Yes, I think next year it's in August, so we've got 18 months. If you're thinking of going... Mm. Definitely check out Talk Fantasy Football and the UKTC yeah. website itself. And for those those rooms, uh, bring deodorant if it's in August. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's going to be a yeah. sweaty betty. It is, yes. yes. I, may, I may come without my coat. So. Yes. Welcome back, and now we're going to round off this wonderful podcast experience with one round of NAF name or nonsense. Oh, I'm so excited about this, so excited. On the NAF website, when you join up, you have to submit your own NAF name. My Mm -hmm. NAF name is Scouse Boy. And mine Um, is Picnic Mick. Yes. You can be as creative as you want, within the bounds of good taste. Yes. And there are a number of NAF names on there that would spark incredulity, shall we say. Yes. There are over 26,000 NAF names on the actual... That's a lot of NAF names. That's a lot of NAF names. That's a lot of Blood Bowl players. Although it could just be five players just making loads. Who knows? Yeah, absolutely. Um, And I've trolled them, and I've plucked out some of the more esoteric NAF names. I've got a list of five NAF names that I'm going to give to Mick, one at a time. And Mick will declare, after some thoughts and discussion, whether he thinks it's NAF name, an existing NAF name, or nonsense. Mm Mm-hmm. A name that I've made up. And if my if Mick gets all five right, he wins a prize. I, I, there's a prize? Well, it's a cake. You've already had your prize. Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, here we go. The first NAF name for your consideration is Alabama Crayons. Alabama Crayons. Right. I'm is it a NAF do... name or is it nonsense? I think Alabama Crayons. I think he... It sounds like he's, he's in a very colourful trailer park. That is fair, yes. I think he's decorated his entire trailer. Yeah. He's daubed it with uh, images of all of his fantasies. But I don't think he plays Blood Bowl. You don't think he plays Blood Bowl? that's nonsense. So you're saying that Alabama Crayons is nonsense? Nonsense. Doesn't exist. Can't exist. I'm afraid Alabama Crayons is an actual NAF name. Ah, 1-0. Down 1-0. Missed the penalty. Missed the penalty. Whether Alabama Crayons is indeed a um, a, a colourful redneck, we will never know. However, he does exist and he does play Blood Bowl. Right, there you or go. She, okay. Second name for your perusal. Okay. Smack My Pitch Up. Smack My Pitch Up. I think Smack My Pitch Up probably began life in a kind of industrial dance uh, dance band in the uh, in the in the 80s and 90s 
And I think smack my pitch up. Yeah. I think it's a real person, and I think it's a real person who plays Blood Bowl. So you think it's Naf name? I think it's Naf name. Smack my pitch up is nonsense. Ah! I'm sorry, I made that one for two. This non, is not going well. Non for this two. is not going well. Okay, but that one is available on the NAF. That is, if you want to call yourself Smack My Pitch Up, make yourself How over. is that not gone already? That's a brilliant name. Head yourself over to the NAF okay. line and you can get it. Okay. The next, for your consideration, Depressed Cupboard Cheesecake. Depressed Cupboard Cheesecake. That's, that's, a, that's a long name. That is a long name. I think... He's striking me like someone a bit like uh, a child like Harry Potter. All right, okay, um, yes. And I think he, he, he never got... Yeah, he never, he never actually got out to be a wizard. Oh, no. And instead took a... I know, it was a case of you're a wizard, Harry, in Blood Bowl. Yeah, but he, he <laughs> you took... You can turn somebody into a, a frog and that's he it. He took baking instead. Oh. And uh, he's been stuck in his cupboard. Bless. And I think he does play Blood Bowl. Because if you're stuck in the cupboard, why wouldn't you play Blood Bowl and eat cheesecake? It's that real. Is fair, it's yeah. real. Naf name. Naf name. Final answer. Naf name. Lock it in. Depressed cupboard <laughs> cheesecake is nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> That's not for three. Also available on the Naf. for three. Depressed cupboard cheesecake is actually some somebody's real name. Really? Yes, yeah, somebody in the 80s, I think, was christened the depressed cupboard cheesecake. I presume the How's he getting on? I don't know. Okay. I don't know if he's depressed or he lives in the cupboard or even if he likes cheesecake. Well, let's well, see. Yeah. Yeah. Google him. He's around. That is pounds for all that. So, yes. <laughs> That's not for three. This not is not going three. well. Uh, not for three. We're just playing for pride now. Number four. Naf name or nonsense. Right. Try not to explode. Try not to explode. I think this is a person who doesn't actually live anywhere near public conveniences. <laughs> Fair enough. And, it's the Unabomber. And is on a low fibre diet. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, I see what you're saying. And, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That could uh, very well I, be the case. I, I think they... Um, I think it's a daily battle with uh, biological controls. <laughs> and I think for that reason that they're not allowed near other people. Uh, they they If they played, they would only play online. Uh, but I think that is nonsense. You think? And nonsense. 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 Final answer. Absolutely. Don't want to phone a friend. I don't have any friends. That's fair. <laughs> Try not to explode. Naf name. Yes! <laughs> You got it wrong. I know, I know, but I've got a chance of zero for five. Nobody <laughs> wants nobody wants Sorry. three two. Let's go for zero for five. Sorry about that. Yeah, I forgot. This is yeah, you're playing for fun, lose be damned. Yeah, I understand. Absolutely. If you're gonna if you're gonna blow it, blow it properly. So that's no for four. One left. Yes. Yeah, see if you can get a consolation goal or see if you zero for five. Lovely. The final one for your consideration. Yes. Naf name or nonsense? Naf name or nonsense. Moister than an oyster. Moister than an oyster. Moister than an oyster. I, I picture this person in a in a kind of a grubby sou'wester, <laughs> uh, reeking of seafood, dragging themselves across the uh, a, 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 across the dock. Clutched in their sweaty palms, they have a pair of block dice. And they go clawing at the windows of all the seafront taverns saying, Fancy a game, our kid? And I think, moister than an oyster, he he or she plays Blood Bowl. So you're saying naf name? Naf name. 
Final answer? Final answer. Moister than an oyster. Naff name. Oh, <laughs> Lewis, four, zero, one, one win, one four win, losses. four losses. Couldn't even get the five losses. Marvellous. Well, thank you very much for that, Mick. No, thank you very much. One for, out of four, for, uh, one out of five, uh, not the best result, but fun was had. Fun. And as we've, as we've already established, that's the main thing. And who were the real ones in there? So the real ones were Alabama Crayons. Hi, Alabama Crayons. Try not to explode. Don't explode. And moister than an oyster. Moister than an oyster. Well into all you you people out there. Yeah, and apologies and, uh, if you uh, I've taken offence or umbrage at Mick's rather colourful descriptions of your lifestyle <laughs> based entirely <laughs> upon your naff names. <laughs> Marvellous, great stuff. Well, um, thank you very much. Join us next time for another thrilling round of naff name or nonsense. Hey! first edition of Miss Next Game. Hope you enjoyed it. We certainly did. We certainly did. Absolutely. We it's planned. been great having you along for it. I hope you've sat there with a with a lovely cup of tea and with a, a, a bit more of an idea of uh, how you should play Blood Bowl and how, also how you shouldn't, but mostly <laughs> how to enjoy it. Yes. Um, so we, we plan to release these once per month, something like that, I think. is a, Yeah, once a month is good. Yeah. So next month, the topics we will be discussing, we'll be doing a team talk on Underworld. Mm-hmm. We will be doing another one of Mick's Hobby Masterclass. Absolutely. We shall have a feature uh, on the Fearless Blood Bowl inventory. And we will be rounding off again with another fantastic edition of Naff Name More Nonsense. Uh, it's my favourite part already. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thanks for joining us, guys. And until next time, keep rolling those powers. And hope you don't miss next game. <laughs>